0: Amen, what a struggle that is to hide his words in our heart that we would not sin against him I've really enjoyed the message series over the last three weeks Uh, Just being able to look at Romans 8 28 Because the number one phrase that people use is why do bad things happen to good people? And today I want to kind of uh, as I've built up to this make this a, a grand finale uh, really what the scripture has to say. And how can this play out in our life. Let's make a personal. Okay church. And I hope that. I know a lot has gone on this morning. And I'll be uh, mindful. Of your time. Let me get a drink here. So that. Uh, we're in and out of here. And. But we can learn. What God has for us today. I love that it says in Romans chapter 8. Verse 28. And I'm going to say it because. I believe it I want to thank the lady who wrote this past week who said uh, I woke up Monday morning and the scripture verse came to mind thank you for the encouragement I appreciate it so much and uh, I won't say your name out loud but I just want to say thank you Carla anyhow uh, (laughs) it's those little things you know sometimes we just don't say thank you and I want to know that, that God's really ministering to people Here's what it says in Romans 8, 28. It says, and we know all things work together for good to those who love God, to those who are called according to his purpose. You know, we get excited about silly things. A group of multi-million dollar athletes who don't know us and could care less about our loyal adoration win a game. And what do we do? We go crazy. We spend tons of money. We even buy uh jerseys that are worth two three four five hundred dollars because it's just what we do right it's what stirs up the excitement joe schmo invites us to a party where people stand around screaming because the music is ear piercing and we're thrilled we've got dual exhaust on a four barrel carb and neon under the carriage of our pinto and we're delirious I drove one this past week, by the way. Anyway, I took my car in the shop, and a, they gave me this little car, and it, so I called it a Pinto every week. So, I, you know, we just have to add that in there. How many of you had a Pinto? Can I just... So did we? I'm telling you, you haven't arrived until you've had your Pinto. Just saying. We can't wait for summer and no school, so we'll have time to be bored. We can't wait for retirement and no work, so I we'll have time to be bored. We get a new Apple computer, a laptop, and every other gizmo you could want, which by the way, will be ancient in a couple, I say a couple years, but I actually think it's a couple months, and we're going nuts. We're ecstatic because we finally got through on the one-eight hundred Who Wants to be a millionaire telephone line. Yes, we get crazy and excited over silly little things. In contrast. We have some real reasons to be excited and to celebrate. God loves us. He has forgiven our sin. Jesus Christ is alive and he's here. By God's grace we are saved. Heaven is going to be great and will never end. Excuse me. Preacher. That is amazing, preacher! Wow! Preach it! Yeah! 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 Thank you, Larry. You were the only one that said amen. Now I know why I'm taking a sabbatical. That's it. We do get crazy over little... Right? We do. I mean, because if we're at a game, they play this music and the the organ plays and it gets your blood pressure going and everybody's rising to their seats. And they're spilling their peanuts and popcorn and hot dogs all over the person next to them. But I say, God loves us. And everybody sits like, I know. Thank you, honey. <laughs> okay. God is good. All right. And all the time. Amen. Amen. I know that the past couple years in this pandemic has brought all of our family and friends in a whirlwind of emotions We've all had peaks and we've been in valleys our prayers won't stop They will continue as we pray for continual healing and deliverance during these most trying days But I want you to know that even though this new strand and however many 242,000 strands will come We know that God is good He is good. He's with us There's a verse in Romans that is such a great promise and a verse that is very appropriate. And we know that it's in verse 8. We've already looked at it. But I want to give you some background to just that part in Romans chapter 8. It was a background, it's some background information about the Christians living in Rome in around 55 A.D. Now being able to look back in time, we realize that the followers of Christ have already faced difficult times. And we understand that it would not get easier. But the main concept of Romans is about the importance of righteousness. Even in the face of opposition, in the face of oppression, Christians are to be righteous. Righteous means what? It means to do right. To behave right, to think right, to act right, and more importantly, to live right. God is righteous. In Romans chapter 1 verse 17, it says this. For in the gospel, a righteousness from God is revealed, a righteousness that is by faith from first to last, just as it is written, the righteous will live by faith. You see there's nothing about God that is not righteous yet on the other hand Paul clearly states that a man is not righteous. In Romans chapter 3 verse 10 we know this verse there is none righteous no not one. Not even one and then in verse 23 it says this for all have sinned and what come short We have fallen short of the glory of God. Since we cannot become righteous on our own account, we must receive our righteousness through God. In Romans chapter 4, verse 5 and 7 and 8, here's what it says. But to whom who does not work but believes on him who justifies the ungodly, his faith is accounted for righteousness. Blessed are those whose lawless deeds are forgiven, whose sins are covered. Blessed is the man to whom the Lord shall not impute sin. The byproduct, of course, will be overflowing celebration. We see that there's peace and joy. Where we were once dead to sin, now we are alive in Jesus. So you're asking yourself the question, but how? In Romans chapter 6, verses 4 through 5, it says this. We were therefore buried with him through baptism and death in order that just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, even so we also should walk in the newness of life. For if we have been unified together in the likeness of his death, certainly we also shall be in the likeness of his resurrection. Paul then speaks of the battle between the two natures, which are sin and death, or righteousness and and life sin and death or righteousness and life and transparently he says i still struggle how many of you believe in this room that life is hard life is hard but god is good and then here we are we are chapter eight one of the most powerful encouraging affirming and loving chapters in the whole entire bible And in the midst of persecution and possible defeat, I find that in Romans chapter 8, there is victory. In fact, the chapter begins and ends with a victory cry. And it starts in verse 1 of Romans 8. There is therefore now no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus, who do not walk according to the flesh, but according to the Spirit. And then it goes right into... And we know all things work together for good. But look what it says here in verse 39. Nor height, nor depth, nor any other created thing shall be able to separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus. Amen. Amen. Thank you. Praise the Lord. (laughs) God states a promise with a condition to be followed. Now, I want you to follow with me, right? So God states a promise with a condition to be followed. If we carry out the condition, then God's promise is guaranteed. We know about Paul. We know that he was on the road to Damascus. We know that there was a time when there was an interaction or an encounter with Jesus... Then we start to see that Paul then is in jail, and he and Silas are chained down, and we see that there's another encounter with Jesus. We realize that in those moments in Paul's life, Paul used to persecute the church, and now he is preaching the church is alive. Three different encounters. Three different timelines. And when was the last time that you had an encounter with Jesus? When was the last time that you could say, yes, my encounter with Jesus was personal? It's really something to think about. Our church is made up of God's stories. And the reason for that is because this. I realize that when it says in Romans eight twenty eight, we know all things work together for good. To them that are called. Romans 8 I think there's something else I didn't put this in the notes or anything, but I I sometimes really do believe that God has given all of us a gift and it says in there I believe that there's a form of using those gifts to for the kingdom to glorify Christ and the kingdom and yet I think we hold back to that and we're afraid to tell people about our God stories and our encounters with Jesus but I want to share a story with you. It was in my notes, but God just brought it to mind. And I think it's important for us to share stories, right? So this past week, a gentleman in our church, he owns a uh, home improvement maintenance company. And it's called Talmadge Home Maintenance. And his name's Sir Ron. Y'all know who he is? Okay. Anyhow, so he's been helping uh, a family. I know the family. Our company's helped them out. We've cleaned carpets at their place, clear out by Warren area. And... Uh, This goes way back, mom and dad had a very successful business in uh, Transylvania, is that where she's from, and uh, pardon me, and in Germany, and uh, met mom and dad, mom just passed away, both mom and dad were dealing with dementia, and uh, so they have one daughter, they took all of their life earnings, listen to this, to get out of communism, they ended up leaving the country. They had a family, I call it the family stone. They had a family mansion that was worth $1 million. I don't know if it's the constable or who who the individual was that, that makes the choices and decisions. But here's what took place. In order to get their daughter out of there, they took their family stone and all their money and riches and had to pay this man all that money in order to come to the United States of America back in the 50s. And not it funny how there was, the sin is all the same? People were corrupt back then, and they're corrupt today. Satan is the same in Genesis, and he will be the same in Revelation. And the things that were taking place in some of those schools with those little people were unconstitutional and just terrible, ungodly and sinful. So they left and came over here. So she's the only child. She's been taking care of her mom and dad. Now she's in her 50s maybe even 60, I don't even know how old she is, 67 years old, and um, lived a good life, but I will tell you this, she, uh, because of some bad events in her life, they moved to New York, mom and dad had a shoe business, they did very well in the shoe business, they took care of her, so there. In, in return, she had a business as well, she's done very well, been very successful, and COVID just knocked it all out. Uh, moving here to Ohio where there was better health care, so on and so forth. She tried to run her business, you know, from her home. And uh, Ron and Dennis have been there trying to help her move now that mom has passed away because there's no money left. Here's a lady who at one point had a chauffeur, had all the riches and all the material things of this life. But you don't have anything if you don't have Jesus. And so, therefore, now they're living in this small little condo And, you know, with her mom and dad, she passes away. And because of her choices and bad marriages, she was abused and has slept on a couch for 20 years. Literally. Slept on a couch. Says, I never want to sleep on a bed ever again. We ask ourselves, you know, why is this so unfortunate? How can this happen to somebody who's so kind and loving? And she's been the caretaker of her parents for years. I think sometimes we... We put ourselves in those situations, which I'll be getting into here quickly. But um, it was really interesting. So uh, as Ron and Dennis are cleaning the place out and making repairs and cleaning up the place, she was giving things away, and she said, this is unimportant to me, and that is unimportant to me, and put it in a bag and get it out of the house and so on and so forth. And, you know, by the way the home looks, you can kind of see the pain and the suffering that she has suffered her whole life. And uh, Which is very, very sad and unfortunate. And so at one point, Ron had to walk up to her and say, I'm sorry, and I won't say her name, but at this point, we cannot salvage this, this couch. This sofa, has, it is over 20 years old. It's falling apart. You've slept on it. It's been in this place for so many years, and there's just, we cannot salvage this. And he said, what can we do to try to get you a bed? And that's when she proceeded to say, I don't want one. And I went through some things in life and Ron was able to right then say hold on a minute You don't have to live in your shame. You no longer have to live in your past. You know what you you can Right today you can change your life What you went through doesn't determine what you're going to go through the rest of your life change your mindset your outcomes going to be totally different and so The story begins and she starts saying, okay, take this out, take that. I don't want that piece of junk. I don't like that. Get rid of that furniture. Get rid of that table. Get rid of those shoes. Get rid of that purse. Do all these things. And so Ron says, we we had the U-Haul and him and Dennis loaded up this dresser. They put this dresser in this U-Haul and, you know, as they're going down the road bouncing and clanging around and all that kind of stuff, they get to the storage unit to put some of her stuff in the storage units because it didn't fit in the apartment that uh, she had just, uh, you know, signed a lease on. And as she gets... As they get there, they open up the back, and I might be off just a little bit, but I was trying to listen to the stories you were telling me. Uh, they noticed that, you know, it it was still back there, and, and he said to her, what would you like to do with it? She goes, just throw it away or get rid of it. Do whatever you want with it. I don't want that ugly dresser. And so as they were finishing up, and it was just, uh, to my understanding, Ron and Dennis were there. Some things were falling out of the dresser, and... They noticed a drawer, and they pulled the drawer out, and there was $1,100. Am I correct in saying that? $1,100 in cash fell on the floor. Now listen to me, church. All of this happened for a reason. At this point, she's broke. They've held up her bank accounts because Mom and Dad put their Social Security in the one same account, so on and so forth. So she's broke. They've been doing things for free just to let you know. And really trying to help and be great witnesses of the gospel of Jesus. And they stood there. Now, anybody could have said, this is our dresser. This is, we just found the treasure. We're keeping it. Picked up the phone and said, we found money in your dresser. Now you've got to remember, am I correct in saying she has not even had $100 in her bank account? trying to move into this lease, so on and so forth, waiting. Yeah. Yeah. Received a loan so that she could make this move until the condominium sells. Picked up the phone, called her and said, guess what? We found some money in your dresser. She's like, you did? Excited. Now, she lives about an hour away from here. That's about how long it takes to get there. And uh, she's like, Oh, this is awesome. This is exactly what I've been praying for. This is great. You know, I have no money left. I mean, I'm broke. Ron goes, well, what are you going to do with it? She said, I'm going to buy a bed. Isn't that interesting? Because we know all things work together for good. We know that it wasn't by accident that A few years back that you were called to help her out clear out there That was all part of God's plan God will do what he needs to in order for us to see Just how good he truly is So I want to say this to you today And wow there's so much to be said and I will do this quickly I know and I realize that there's three points that I have this morning But I felt it necessary to say that when we love him That we show people the love of christ We're fulfilling his commandment and we're showing people that all things will work together for good in the midst of it all We don't realize uh, Really what it's like, but here's what I want to go through for all of you today God states a promise with a condition to follow and here are the three conditions Those who love him number one Number one, those who love him. For many years, I would take the youth to YEC and other rallies. And before the session began, as the youth were seated, almost without fail, one enthusiastic group would start singing the chant, We love Jesus. Yes, we do. We love Jesus. How about you? Right? To which another group would echo back and would then continue uh, with a competitive type of scream. We love Jesus, yes we do. We love Jesus more than you, right? Then there's that conservative group of people, much like the church was here a few minutes ago, who <laughs> says, just kidding, we love Jesus, yes we do. Uh, we love Jesus more than you. We all, my, my wife, nah. We all know that we are commanded to love God. But do we love others like him? Matthew chapter 22, verse 37 to 38, it says this. Jesus said to him, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. But does the command mean that we are doing it? Does screaming that we love Jesus prove the love for God? How do we know we really love him? And the Bible states some simple tests. And here's what Jesus said in John 14, 15. If you love me, you will obey what I command you. Number one, obedience. It's an act of love. It's agape. It's a sacrificial love. You can't expect God or anyone else to believe the sincerity of your love if you consistently disobey his commands. First John chapter 2, verse 15, it says, Do not love the world or the things that are in the world. If any man loves the world, the love of the Father is not in him. How sincere is your love? I love that, as we understand the great commandment, that we had two men this week that showed and demonstrated that measure of love to another person. Now that screams Jesus and that screams Romans 8:28 number 2 undivided Exodus says that God is jealous he doesn't want to share with you with the world for God knows that you can only serve one master Trying to love God and the world will not work. I love what it says here in 1 John 4.20. It says, if someone says, I love God, then hates his brother, he is a liar. And he who does not love his brother whom he has seen, how can he love God whom he has not seen? How can we not show people the love of Christ? We've experienced Him. How do people see that in our life? Consistency. You know that we need to be consistent. Love the Creator and His creation, not just brother, it means everyone, agape, the, the sacrificial love, the right type of behavior love, and do what's right. These are the three tests to know if we really love God. If you are doing these things, then you have fulfilled the first part of the covenant. Now let's look at the next part. Here's the next part, and it says in Romans 8, 28, those who have been called according to his purpose. What does this actually mean? It's not a call to salvation. It's to those who have already responded to God by accepting Jesus Christ, his son. It's a call like in Timothy chapter 1, verse 9. He says this, who has saved us and has called us with a holy calling. Who has called us to a holy life. It's living a righteous life that is a shining example for everybody to see. It's doing His will day in and day out. It's being holy. He says, be ye holy for I am holy. That was a test for these gentlemen. We've all been there. What do I do with all this? That temptation's real, isn't it? But when you understand your calling and you're called for a specific purpose, then you have to fulfill that calling. I told Beck this past week, I said, you know, isn't it, isn't it amazing how adversity and obstacles sometimes will take each and every one of us down a path that we don't enjoy nor like. We've all had financial highs. We've had financial lows. We've all been there. But it's what you do through all of it that matters the most. We've all been on the mountaintop, and we've been in the valley. But what matters most is what you do in the middle of it all. If you're called according to His purpose, then you fulfill His purpose in your life Number three, God works for the good. God works for the good. It brings encouragement and assurance even in the midst of difficulty. First, what does this verse not say? It doesn't say that we love God and are called according to His purpose, that everything that happens in our lives will be good. Life is hard. Remember Joseph? hated Sold as a slave, accused, imprisoned, yet he was faithful to God and became the, most, the second most powerful man in the world. When his brothers thought he would kill them in revenge. Joseph said in Genesis 50-20, You intended to harm me, but God intended it for good to accomplish what is now being done, the saving of many lives. To save many people. Amazing to me. Take Paul, the writer of this book. He persecuted the church. And because of that persecution, the church scattered everywhere running for their lives. In doing so, they took the gospel to the entire world. What seemed to be a calamity served only for the good of planting churches in hundreds of new places. Now We don't know all of Joseph's thoughts while he was being carted away to slavery during his unjust imprisonment. But I believe that he said this man life is hard, but God is good I really do believe he was saying that we don't know all Paul's thoughts while being stone beaten or even shipwrecked But we do know that as they reflected back They both realized that in everything even in the bad circumstances God can cause good to come from it say this with me life is hard God is, God is good. I love that you're into this message. She was th- three words ahead of me. Go, Trish. Life is hard, but God is good. Think of this. If God caused everything that happened to Christians to be good, what would be the end result? What would we do? Conversions based on selfishness. Be a Christian because of what I get. Not to grow strong because never, we never face any difficulties. We'd never trust God. No desire or longing for heaven when you have a paradise here bad things happen to good people young david the shepherd the armor bearer the king Yet some bad things started to take place in his life. If you look at jesus's mother mary and joseph She was a teenager obedient accused. She was the mother of jesus Yet some bad things took place in her life. And then we look at the life of our savior jesus christ he was persecuted he was shamed he was spit upon he was beaten yet bad things happen to good people not everything that happens is good but also remember that god doesn't orchestrate suffering do you hear what i'm saying i think some people get that mixed up life is hard but god is good now the Thank you. Now there are reasons why bad things happen to people. Sometimes they happen because we bring them on ourselves by sin, right? Many times it's just because we live in a sinful, fallen world and not being exempt from bad things. They come. The Bible says it does what? It rains down on the just and the unjust. Listen, when you drive like I used to drive, sometimes you have to look at sin doing what it does. I mean, come on, when you're driving a Neon Espresso, four-cylinder, just introducing the little turbo engine in those, I had to buy it. And I did. But there was something I missed, that when you buy little fast cars, you can get in trouble very, very quickly. I don't know what it was, but I must have gotten pulled over like this many times in a month. You got that right, sister. I learned my lesson. Because a ticket can be real expensive if you get pulled over that many times. But I'm thankful that I know that all things work together for good to them that love God and are called according to his purpose. Because he walks over and he's like, excuse me, sir. Can I see your uh, driver's license and registration? And I said, sure. Sure. Can I talk to you for a minute? The police officer's looking down at me like, what in the world? I said, you know, I'm kind of in a hurry, and I'm the youth pastor up here at this church, and I really need to get there. Now, I know I was speeding, and I know I rolled at the stop sign, but is there any way in the kindness of your good heart, because you're a great police officer, that you can give me a warning? And he looked at me and said... Can I have your driver's license and registration? And I slowly reached over. This was the days when you could reach over and you could open up the glove compartment without saying, Keep your hands and everything up here this high. I gave him all the good things. And he came back up and he walked up very nice. He said, Okay, Pastor Todd, have a nice day. You're going to be late to church. Well, I really appreciated that all things work together for good, and I knew I was called. But yet the next meeting that I had, for whatever reason, I think maybe the babies had pooped in their diapers or something, I was helping my wife, and I was a little bit late, and so therefore I was going a little fast, and at that same stop sign, I rolled through it, and... (laughs) It was like it was 4th of July for some reason because there was sounds and lights everywhere. There was like fireworks. Well, it wasn't. It was a police officer pulling me over again. And he pulled over, and I pull over. Ready? And he comes over to the window, and I'm grinning. <laughs> it's the same police officer. Yeah. Are you kidding me? You. Hi, Mr. Police Officer. can I have your driver's license and registration, Pastor Todd? (laughs) Let me explain something to you today. He's looking at me. I'm like, okay, I'm guilty as charged. But I know all things work together for good. And today, if you could just find it in the kindness of your heart, I promise you, I will not roll through this stop sign. I will stop, look both ways before crossing. He goes, yeah, that's what you told me last time. I said, I'm a preacher. He goes, that's why you're going to get a ticket. No, just kidding. That's not what he said. And, and so he then proceeded to say, okay, I, hold on, let's check some things out here. He comes back up. He goes, I'm going to tell you something right now. You're getting some favor today, mister. You're getting another warning. Whew, that was just wonderful until that state highway patrolman pulled me over on 76 in that stupid little red car. I knew then this thing is of the devil. i got to get rid of it. <laughs> and When that state highway patrol pulled over with his big rim tat and he looked down at me, why do they look so scary? They're scary. And I'm saying to myself, and I know all things work together for good, do it, Todd. Make an appeal. You've got this. I know you guys think I'm a professional at this, but I started to become a professional. (laughs) And so I looked at him. Hello, Mr. Trooper. Hello. Do you have your driver's license and registration? I'm thinking to myself, I cannot believe that. I've got to get rid of this car. It's not the car's fault. It's my fault. I was the one pushing down on that pedal. I was the one speeding like a maniac. I thought I was Speed Racer or something in that little four-cylinder They did go fast. I mean, if you guys ever had a neon, you would understand. But you have to see that, listen, I thought all things worked together for good. But listen, what did I keep doing? I kept blaming the car, and I didn't take responsibility for myself. I know I was called, and I'm being a bad testimony. Well, I want you to know that he did give me a warning. (laughs) However, I admitted my guilt, and I understood what I did. I understand that even as faithful Christians, we have to understand the heart of God. And we have to understand what the verse really means. It's my fault because, yes, I was speed racer. And I learned, and now my wife's begging and pleading, Todd, stop driving like an old man. Well, I made a promise, and I made a commitment. Now, as you all know that uh, I did get pulled over in Georgia. That was just after many moons and many suns and everything passing that we ended up. I did get a ticket, but it didn't go on our license. And so that was coming back from Florida. So I really need your prayers this time. But when you get in these you know, SUVs, they make them to where they just go fast. See, I just did it again, didn't I? It's the guy. But I think here's what happens. We have to come to grips with ourselves and understand, listen, I'm the one that's done it. And we have a problem often. And this is what people will say to me, Pastor, I didn't mean to do that. I didn't mean to say what I said. No, we need to start taking responsibility for our actions. And understand that God really wants to do great things in our life. But we have to realize that we have to take that step of faith. I'm going to step away. Forget the rest of my notes. I'm going to close. But I want to say something to the whole church, because I think God is moving in this direction. I want to follow the Holy Spirit. Putting all the the joking aside, here's what I really do believe that Romans eight twenty eight plays out. That life is hard, and I realize that God is good. I have faced a lot of moments in my life that I've celebrated. And I've mourned the loss of so many things in this earthly life But you know what I really do believe Romans 8 28 is I really do believe that it is this Hebrews chapter 11 Verse 1 Faith is the substance of things hoped for And the evidence of things unseen And my heart breaks because Dealing with the twists and turns and the circumstances of life. We take that verse and we use it liberally. And I hope that through this, these, this three-part series that I've been going through, that you'll understand life is hard. And some of that we put on ourselves. But church we've got to come to grips with ourselves And say if I'm going to be more Christ-like I need to get into the word and understand That the word is there for a reason For me to be a better man or woman of God We all need to be great children of God God brings us circumstances Can I share your story Dave? What you guys just went through So Dave has a brother And Dave's brother has a daughter And As I've been praying for them This young lady's been going through Some addiction issues But the addictions runs in the family And you know who would have ever thought That at this moment in their life You know Dave and Kim Are uh, We might be older than them But in this life They just had the great privilege Of bringing home a premature Little baby girl And Skylar Rhodes, right? How's it? Skyla. Skyla Rhodes. And they took her in. Not realizing even a month ago or two months ago or three months ago what you're about to face. And they could have said, man, what are we going to do? Nobody else can take this child And I was hoping that they'd bring this precious little, tiny, adorable little girl. I wanted to pray over her today before I left, but I already prayed over her, you know, so and uh, Jesus is with her, but it's, it's just amazing that in those bad circumstances, they made the choice because they his niece has addiction issues. She made the choice to do what she's done. What we need to do now is pray for that child because of the addiction that in life that little girl will be delivered and god has something great for that little girl god entrusted you with that that's not a curse that's a blessing sometimes we look at things and say it's a burden but it's a blessing church i hope that as we claim romans 8 28 we can look people dead in the eye and say you know what i understand you might have put yourself here But you don't even understand, God is not done writing your book. He's not done writing your chapter. God's getting ready to do some great things in your life. Do you believe that? You have to claim it. You have to receive it. God is in the miracle working business. But you see, with the pandemic, we shut him up too and locked him up in a house. We need to open it up and let the Holy Spirit run rampant in the world today. We need to open him up in our cities. We need to open him up in our homes. we need to allow the Holy Spirit to start doing a work that should have been done many moons ago, many years ago. But we've got to claim it as Christians. And until we understand that, we are all called according to his purpose, to his plan. You have a purpose. How are you going to work it into his timeline instead of yours? Will you claim living by faith? Will you claim yes today? Without faith, it is impossible to please God. Love God with all your heart. Love Him with all your soul. Love Him with all your mind. And love Him with all your might. And know that you too have the capabilities of deliverance in Jesus Christ like everybody else. You know the song said, there's power in the name of Jesus. We sing that song, the same power. It's because we claim the power of Jesus. Will you accept that today? Do you receive it today? And do you know that all things work together for good to them that love God and are calling to His purpose? Amen. (laughs) Hey, guess what? I love Jesus. Yes, I do. I love Jesus. How about you? Amen. Well, I know sometimes I do some fun stuff. Yes. Let's all rise to our feet. I know that I kind of ended with a different note today, but church, I want you to know this. I love coming to church. I love being with my brothers and sisters in Christ. I love that here is where we get to celebrate what God is doing. He is in our midst. He is among us. And today I pray that we'll claim that, that life is hard and God is good, and yet in this church, He is exalted over all. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for today. Lord, we thank you for your goodness. We thank you that even this week, even in these little stories, they're bigger than we can even imagine. Father, I pray that right now in Skyla's life, Lord, I pray for an anointing upon that baby girl. Father, I pray that, Lord, you have something special. Thank you for being instrumental in David and Kim's life. Lord, let them demonstrate the love of Christ in this little baby's life. Father, we know that she was created. She's a masterpiece. And God, life was given to her. And so, Father, we thank You that for this time, forever how long it might be, God, we thank You that You've entrusted this wonderful couple to to look over and to oversee the love, the protection of this little baby girl. Father, I thank You... For this woman who was able to see The hand of God in two men's lives Where She ran out of money No food in a refrigerator Is being helped Father many times we do things For people to see For for the praise of man But God there's so much that goes on In this ministry That is in private And is done for the glory Of our Savior Father, thank you for allowing me to be a part of the journey of everybody's God stories in this building. Father, we thank you that we were called. And Father, that it says, and we, that all of us together, we all know that we have a purpose and we have a plan. God, help us to love others. Help us to be what we need to be for you, Lord. Help us to live out our Christian life honoring you. God, I pray that today, if there's somebody in this room that, nor maybe they've been dealing with something, and I, I do believe it today, I believe because I felt the spirit in this room release that burden and that heaviness in that individual's life. Father, today, deliver. Deliver your children from the throat hold of Of the enemy In the name of Jesus Father I pray for deliverance In the life of Those that are here today God I don't know We all got the opportunity to come But I pray God that we can look at this verse As Paul was saying In a time of oppression And suffering It's okay Because I don't count my life Important But I count it important in light of Christ. So, Father, help each and every one of us to grow, to become stronger in our faith. For, Lord, you said it. For without faith, it is impossible to please you. Increase our faith. Help us to grow stronger. Father, help us to love you more. And we will know that everything, that all things work together for good. To them that love you. And then we understand that we're called according to your purpose. In Jesus' holy name.